Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This week's guest is my wonderful producer, Robert Ciolino. Say hi, Robert. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Sophia. (laughs) (laughs) I would say Robert needs no introduction. I've introduced him several times on the show. He's a producer extraordinaire over here, as well as a very mystically dialed-in kind of guy, and I always enjoy my conversations with him. Welcome, Robert. Since uh, we're going to be conversing today, I'm going to let you drive. Ah, wow. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sophia Renee. I tell you, that's a privilege. And can, I, I, can I take the wheel back? I'm going to just I like hint, it. hint to everybody that the title of today's episode is How to Be Happy, the Owner's Manual. And we're not, not going to get through the entire manual today, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I'd like to get into like the first leg or so of that. So anyway, back to you, Robert. <laughs> well, thank you. So right back at you. Zofia Renea, amazing, talented, all of these things that a radio talk show host and a great human being are, especially helping people through things that sometimes we need help through. So definitely reach out to Zofia Renea as those things come up because she can help you. And as she's helped me, so I'll just put a a plug in there. So uh, very talented. And you know, we, we find ourselves in a, in a space these days, um, and a lot of people, a lot of things happening. There's a lot of tragedies going on in the world, and they're happening more and more, and, and it's on the rise. And it's really easy, right, even if you're not directly affected by someone you know in these incidences, to become directly affected through your own thoughts and processes. And how do you sort of pull yourself out of that? So I wanted to Put this back to Zofia Renea on, a, on an aspect of when you find yourself in this situation that necessarily is coming to you from the rest of the world and you're in that mode and you're starting to panic and you're starting to go into this space, how do you bring yourself back to center and how do you pull forward? Okay. And before I answer that, I'm going to just give the, the listening audience a little bit of a background here. Um, 9-11, which... You may have remembered it's become quite the in, the infamous date. Uh, I had just moved out of from the East Coast to the West Coast, and I was working at that time at Citigroup, and our offices are just down the road from the trade towers. Uh, I used to change trains underneath the World Trade Center, um, and. That morning, I had put my husband on a plane into Newark Airport. And so when everything went down, this wasn't some happening that was going on on the news. I knew people. People I knew died in those towers. Um, And there was some concern about, you know, how extensive was it? I didn't know where my husband was having his meetings in New York. Uh, And so there was a great deal of anxiety that went with the event as all of this is broadcasting over the the television and all over the news feeds. Um, Fortunately, my husband 
stayed in New Jersey. It wasn't his meeting wasn't actually in New York. It did take him a week to get home, but we were quite blessed that our family was not directly touched. But I did lose coworkers who were changing trains or who had changed employment to take up with brokerage companies that were in the towers. So I know a little bit of what I speak when I talk about recovering from traumas like this. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm in Tucson and Gabby Gifford, who was in one of the shootings, was shot at the mall that's no more than three miles from my house. Okay. Um, And we have to learn how to move through that. And there are phases, there are processes that we go through to clear out the emotional trauma of these events um, so that we can move back into a balanced place. Now, the first time this happened with 9-11, I had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) I will just own that. Uh, But what I went through involved five different pieces, okay? It involved processing the emotions because emotions are messengers. They're not meant to come home and roost and hang around forever. They get to stinking when you keep them around. So it, it became how do you process the emotions? It became the expectations that I have of the world, And the expectations, what I'm telling myself when I wake up in the morning, the story that goes on in my head, it involves learning to trust again, to trust that there is a reason that these things happen, to trust uh, in the people around me, to trust in my partner again, uh, and to learn how to express and reconnect to the gratitude for what remains in my life. Um, and then the, the last part is having a conversation with my ego because the ego is here to take care of us. It's a highly inconvenient thing. Sometimes it tends to be the source of many scary stories, uh, the source of many stories that, that sell us short and undermine our worth. Uh, But those were the five pieces I had to work with in order to bring my world back into center and in order to start to have some peace within myself and to be able to be a haven for other people. (sighs) And I I kind of, I've got E-words that go with all of these. (laughs) I wanted a key acronym, but it didn't work out that way. So it's emotions, expectations, expression, and trusting and ego reassignment are my E's. And so I call it because I'm excited, right? <laughs> that, that's the happy noise. Yee! On Christmas morning, oh, goody, goody. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine that's how you feel once you've got all those things put into place, too. Well, it, it works out much better, right? Because we talk about happiness and we talk about peace as most frequently something to be had in the future. I will be happy when 
I will be happy when I graduate. I will be happy when I land that job. I will be happy when I've lost my 50 pounds. I will be happy when my chronic disease has abated. I will be happy when, 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 after I leave this abusive relationship. And we're never happy now. Exactly. It's interesting. We're never happy now. So we're pushing all these things out into the future because we have these expectations. If I have this, or even think about it like this, oh, if I had that, right, I would do so much better. If I had that, I'm going to work harder, right? Or it'll be easier. Or it'll be easier. What happens to right now, right? How about right now? Right now is the only time we have. And that, that's really the bottom line. That was one of the first things that I learned when I joined uh, Citigroup many, many decades ago. The only time you have is right now. And I learned that from a woman who got an amazing amount of work done. You, you would go over and you would ask her, uh, I need an XYZ. And when you talk to most people, they grab a post-it note or something. And if they're good, they write it down. I need to send XYZ to whomever right? And then hopefully you get XYZ down the road and not a bunch of apologies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But she was different, okay? She, instead of grabbing the post-it note and writing it down, would open up her email, find the file, attach it, and send it to you while she's having this conversation. Because the only time you have is right now. And I can spend this time writing it on a post-it note that I need to go do this some point in the future, or I can do it now. Amazing. How much can you get done if you do it all? Well, not all right now. Everything's happening right now anyway. But Yeah, you can't do yeah. it all right now, honestly. But there are some things that take very little time at all. It takes you as much time to promise to do this as it takes to do this. <laughs> exactly. <Let me laughs> so if you're, while you're standing there Let thinking I'm going to promise this person, <laughs> just do it. If you have the tools there to do it, do it. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Um, but that was my first introduction to the only time we have is right now. And it's not very, what I want to say, a financial institution is not your... Um, typical place to sit at a guru's feet, if you will, but it was an important lesson that I took forward with me. <laughs> we, find, we find our gurus in the most amazing places at the most amazing, what are they, the teacher and the guru will appear as you need them, right? As you so, need them, and that's what I needed to hear at that time. Don't don't write it down, just do it. <laughs> it's amazing. Just think about that. When you when you get home after the end of the day, right, and you're walking in your, your domicile, your house, your, wherever you live, and you think to yourself, boy, wouldn't it be nice if something were done? I can do that over the weekend, right? And then you turn on Netflix for four hours. Yeah, whereas you could walk in and, you know, what that annoying pile of clothes that are piled up next to the door instead of hung in the closet, it would take you 30 seconds to hang them up in the closet and then it doesn't irritate you anymore, right? Right, you'd feel so much better. You'd actually feel like, you know, one, you'd have this weight lifted and two... You've accomplished something you've been wanting to do for the last three months. Yeah. But the thing that stops us from doing that is the emotions we're dragging around with us, which result in the exhaustion and the depression and the fact that you just don't want to deal with that freaking pile of coats. Yeah. They're heavy. Those things are heavy. They weigh on us, right? They wear us out. Right. And so I've learned a few things about emotions. I I went to a shrink. Wow. 
over a decade ago now. <laughs> and she asked me why I was here. And I said, look, I, you know how when you move, you pull everything out of the closets and you pack it all in boxes. And as you continue in the, through this process, at some point you can't walk through your house anymore. You're literally climbing over boxes. Right. I told her I've been boxing up my emotions for so long. I have no place to move any longer. And that's why I'm here. Every time I, I turn around, I knock over some box that explodes all over myself and the people around me. Uh, and I'm sick to death of living this way. It's a cluttered pathway. <laughs> it's, oh, God. I, I was raised by a German and a Norwegian. I got a double dose of stoic and stubborn and like zero introspection or what to do with emotions, right? <laughs> total zero on that front suck it up put on your big bro panties and just press on regardless that was the advice that i was modeled to me and that was given to me uh so it took me a long time to learn what to do with these things and one of the first tools that came and it was very helpful especially in the moment that arrived uh my husband had come home i'd been sick we had spent like all of our savings on this last relocation for this job that was supposed to last for three years. He came home after 12 months and said, they've run out of money. Mm. And the next paycheck is the last paycheck. Now, he does highly specialized work. He, it takes him a year, six months, 18 months to find more employment. We have no savings anymore. I, I can't work. He's not working. We're, we're staring bankruptcy in the teeth. And, you know, your body responds to threats, okay? When your husband comes home and tells you that, it's, it's a financial threat. It's a very real threat in our first world society to not have money. Because we don't grow our own food in the backyard. We can't dig our own wells. <laughs> I think my HOA would have something to say about that. I can't, I can't run chickens and goats and cows. Uh, so I've got to have cash to make this machine go. And it set me into a freaking panic. I mean, I would wake up at 2.30 in the morning and my heart is going a million miles an hour. And there's this emotion bubbling up from my stomach and I can't breathe and I'm short of breath, having a full-on basic panic attack, right? And the thing that, the tool that came to me was a thing called emotional freedom technique, EFT. It's also called tapping. And I found that was hugely helpful, even without any of the words. If you go take a formal tapping course, uh, you know, they, they give you this pattern where you tap different points on your eyebrows and then under your nose and your chin and spots on your shoulders and under your arms and the sides of your hands. They've got all these points you're supposed to hit. I was too far gone to find all those points and I was too far gone to even think about words that should go with that because you tell yourself a different story typically when you do this work. I was too far gone for that. I'm panicked in the middle of the night. And so I would get up out of the bed, I would go downstairs and I would get like a notebook because it helps me to dump things out of my brain. But I was too far gone to even use the notebook. So I had the notebook and the pen there, and I would sit on the sofa, and I would tap this one spot underneath my collarbone. 
and just tap that until my system managed to like come down out of that panic mode. And the breathing started to regulate again and the brain started to kick back in. And then I can do the brain dump, right? Uh, okay, I need to talk to the mortgage company and see if we can work something out for a modification. I need to research bankruptcy attorneys if that's what it's going to come to. I need to, right? <laughs> I need to, need to, need to. And so then the checklist could start at that point and I've got something I can get my arms around. And then once I've got a list of stuff I can get my arms around, then I can start to work on the story because all of that brain clutter is now gone. And so EFT was a really critical, pivotal tool for me when I was having that really physical emotional response. The, the adrenaline response when the, the, dra the dragon or the tiger or the bear or whatever it is jumps out of the bush at you and you need to run really fast <laughs> right <laughs> only my tiger doesn't run it's, it's off there in the future kind of waiting <laughs> <laughs> the financial paper tiger so at that point you've got the eft going on you've now brought yourself into this space now you're projecting into what the next steps are and you find that this is all future right? What has to happen now. So how did you come to the, got the EFT getting you through that? The panic is lowered. What are your next steps into that space? The next step into that space is some gratitude and appreciation for what I've got around me, right? Yes. Uh, the facts of the matter is, as horrible as the situation is, I'm sick, my husband's unemployed, the bills are up through the ceiling, okay? Um, we're still in our house. The lights still come on, right? There's right. in the refrigerator. I have clothes to wear. The cars are both still running. Thank you, Jesus, right? Yes, yes. Appreciation for all of these things. My heart is no longer racing, so it wants to jump out of my chest. I can take a nice, deep, calming breath. I'm grateful for this. And I express that. And I would write that in my little journal, like on the other side of the page with the list of shit that needs to be done to deal with this paper tiger. <laughs> right. On the other side of the page, I'm putting this list of things that are going right, things that are well. My husband is still with me. We are closer than ever. This has not split us apart in any way. We have a plan that we can execute moving forward. I love that. So we're right back to right now again. Right, what's going on right now in the space that you're in? And we should find out more about what happens next in this scenario when we come back from a really short break, do you think? It, it's generally pretty quick. A-Rod gets us out and back within a couple <laughs> of minutes. And if you're out there listening at home and you would like to join the conversation with us, the phone number is 866-472-5795. Or you can hook up with us on Facebook. I am Zofia Renea, Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A. -E and you can find Robert at Archiolino. That's R-C-I-O-L-I-N-O. And we will be right back from the break.
sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get Amplified. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel become a member of voiceamerica.com it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top once you've created an account and signed in you can create your own custom library opt into our newsletter search by show host guest or topic of interest or browse millions of hours of content across all of our voice america radio channels membership gets you more visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. Robert and I are over here discussing how one puts on one's oxygen mask when shit has come rolling down in your life. The really big, scary, panic-inducing shit. Absolutely. And remembering to do that first. I know you probably hear it all the time, especially if you fly a lot. You're always going to hear, put yours on first, then help others in need. Because if you're passed out on the floor, what are you going to do for for everybody, even yourself? Exactly. Exactly. And I know we've discussed in the past that it's really important to know yourself and what you need in that moment. Yes. And for me, what I need is to to be able to sit and like tap on my shoulder right under the collarbone <laughs> 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 until the brain reengages. <laughs> um, my husband is a little different when things come down that really upset him. Uh, he needs to go into his cave for a while. And I'm one of these people who tells myself a lot of stories and has this predisposition to awfulizing. I, I can always come up with the worst possible scenario out of the least little thing. And so we made an agreement many years ago in our marriage that I recognize that you need time to process whatever this is. And he recognizes that I'm always going to be convinced that the first thing that's happening is my I've done something horrible and my marriage is going to melt down and go away. 
okay. So we've made this agreement that before he goes into his cave, he tells me whether it has anything to do with me or not. And that's all he has to say. I, I, I can't talk about it right now. It has nothing to do with you. And he goes into his cave. And I can leave him in his cave as long as he needs to be there, as long as I know. It has nothing to do with me. I didn't do something wrong. My marriage is fine. Okay, we can face anything as long as my marriage is fine. <laughs> and that that's, I think, one of the the best examples of knowing yourself and knowing what you need and respecting what your partner needs as well. Absolutely. No, I so agree with you. You do. You have to know yourself. You have to know your partner and they have to know you and you have to be open and honest so that when those situations do come up, you can give that space that's needed, right? Because if you're crowding that space, nothing, nothing good comes from that. No, nothing, nothing good. (laughs) I've tried that. (laughs) Nothing good comes from that. (laughs) It just gets much worse. And then I do have reasons to panic about my uh, relationship because I'm crossing boundaries. <laughs> boundaries are healthy. I know I'm not respecting hard. those boundaries. <laughs> but they're hard, aren't they? Boundaries. It's hard for a really, really nice person to feel like they're setting a boundary. And they feel like they're not being nice anymore when it's really a boundary that you need or understanding somebody else's boundary. Yeah, well, and that's where being able to talk about what's going on for you emotionally and the stories that you're predisposed to tell yourself, it's important to share that with your partner. Uh, Let me hold on. It's important to share that with a partner who's trustworthy. Okay, I've I've had two husbands, and the first one was not trustworthy, and I shared things with him that he turned around and used against me. And he had proven many times that he was not trustworthy before I finally believed him that he was not trustworthy and left the relationship. So I will throw in there that this needs to be a trustworthy partner. And if you cannot trust them to hear you and not abuse you with that information, you need to think very carefully about the role of that person in your life. And A quote from my sister-in-law comes to mind. She's also had two husbands, one good and um, one not so good. And uh, what she took out of that is, it's far better to be unaccompanied than badly accompanied. Oh, yes. So true. So true. So true. So communication, though, is huge when you have that trustworthy partner to put out there this is what I need and why I need it. And to hear them when they say, this is what I need and why I need it. And then work out a way that works for both of you. Because I can't rush him through his cave time. All I can do is ask him to at least let me know whether I need to be worried about cave time. (laughs) Makes sense. And the worry that's important to me is, are we still arm in arm, hip to hip, facing the world together? Or does this have something to do with me and our relationship? That's, well, it's, and, and you should know. You know, it's yeah. for someone to go lock themselves off in their cave and not tell you what's going on. That's sort of a little bit of a, a mental torture for you right there, right? You well, don't, don't want to do yeah. that. And, and so that's why we had that conversation. It's like, look, <laughs> um, I know you need the time. Here's what I need before you go take the time. 
That is amazing. I love that. You have all these little things, right, that help you through that relational space and also through the situation. So here we are in the today moment again. You've, you've found your oxygen mask. You've cleared all of the space. You've got this information. And now, where did you go from there? What was those next little... Oh. Well, the next place I actually went from there is is the last one on my list, not the second to last. It took a lot longer to learn the second to last. The last one on the list is the whole ego thing. Uh. I don't know about you, but I think it's fairly common in women uh, to have some challenges with self-worth. Being able to see the worth in ourselves to be able to love ourselves the way that we are and not ding ourselves constantly because I'm not, you know, the pencil thin statuesque model that's got the banging bod that looks amazing in a Brazilian bikini. Okay. <laughs> um, and the voice in my head, which is the ego the one that just goes wah, 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 continuously telling the stories and oh it's because you're a bad person or whatever you're not organized enough because whatever you're lazy you're fat you're slow not smart enough i mean we we take all this stuff in as a child yes and the ego uses it against us for the rest of our lives and it's hard to get a moment of peace and then when the world is melting down around you, it gets especially vicious. And it continually tells you that you're not safe and you're not worthy of being safe. Uh, and it keeps you stuck in places that don't serve you. And I, at this time, had been listening to some podcasts um, Darius Barzande had this series of, he's still doing this, this series of podcasts. It started as like one of these summit event things and it took on a life of its own. And he's, I think he still does these every week. Love that. And he has different healers and speakers and whatever come in. And I don't remember the lady's name, but she was talking about the ego and making friends with the ego. And I went, fuck no. <laughs> I do not want to be any closer to that nasty ass voice in my head than I already am. <laughs> but some of what she said stuck with me. And she had this process by which uh, you gave it a name. You, you christened your ego. You gave it a name of nobody that you knew, right? You don't want it to bring characteristics oh, of somebody yes. else into the mess. Pick a name that's not associated with anyone. And I named mine Simone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because she's a female voice in my head, which I think is fairly common to, that it's the same sex as you are. Um, and... Uh, American Idol was still on, and Simon, the the jerk ass judge, Simon <laughs> yes, yes. So I and she behaved just like that. She was just the female version. So I said, okay, I think her name must be Simone, because <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know any Simones, and and that's a good name for her. And I I sat with now this voice that now has a name that sounds remarkably like my mother. Uh. <laughs> And I started to get a little curious. It's like, 
well, what if this does kind of have its own consciousness and its own sort of agenda? And I started to have conversations with it. And the first few conversations didn't go very well because I was pretty hostile. (laughs) And you just don't open up to people who sit down with you and go, all right, Simone, what the fuck is your deal? (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's a hard conversation starter for sure. No, that doesn't really grease the conversational wheels. (laughs) So... um, kind of came to me that maybe what I needed to do was to have some curiosity. Compassion and love was like too big of a stretch for me, but some curiosity about why she does what she does and, and how, why she approaches things the way she approaches things. Right. And so I started to have this conversation with this voice in my head and I learned quite a few things. Um, and it became clear to me that this is a really diligent, dedicated, hardworking aspect of myself. I mean, it really, it doesn't take a minute off. It's just always there, not for a second. It's always there flapping and trying to tell you this, that, or the other thing. And it really wants to keep you safe at, at, at its core. Um, and I thought, okay, well, I can kind of connect to that really hardworking thing because I mean that's what I was raised to do my parents are I'm sorry flat out workaholics (laughs) okay so I can I can connect to that and I can have some compassion for that even and so I sat down and I had a conversation with Simone and I said you know I you've been working really really hard for just about five decades now and you haven't taken not one moment off, not a coffee break, nothing. Why don't you go on vacation for a while? Right. I love that. And she did. It, I had one glorious week of this quiet in my mind. It's wow. like, wow, this is awesome. And then she came back. <laughs> <laughs> Did you miss her at all for that week? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> um, and she came back and I, I sat her down and I said, I don't think a week is enough. I mean, you've been on this job for 10 <laughs> decades, right? <laughs> not 10 decades, five decades almost. Um, you know, I don't think a week is enough. You should, And she wouldn't go. She's like, no, I'm here to protect you and to keep you safe. And for me to go longer would be a dereliction of duty. Ah, no European vacation then for her. No 30 no, days. No, <laughs> no. And I had to sit with that for quite a while. I'm sure. That's like, I know what do I do with her? <laughs> I sent her away. She went for a while, but now she won't go again. And so I puzzled over that for a while and I got to thinking about this voice and how dedicated it is. Um, And the fact that it really does want to keep me safe. And it's a worthwhile goal, but a crap ass way of going about it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm, I'm trying to find again, some love, some compassion, some space for this ego. And, I decided to talk to it like an employee. I've, I've been a manager in the past 
and I've had to coach people on, you know, improving their performance and, and train them for better ways to handle things. I'm like, wonder if I can do the same thing with my ego. (laughs) (laughs) And so I started to have conversations with her, um, understanding, you know, what was working well for her, what wasn't working well for her. Um, and expressing to her my experience of how she's approaching me and making suggestions for, well, maybe we can handle this a little differently. Um, And one of the first things that I did with her was I sat down and I rewrote her job description Ah, because her job description, as she understood it, was to keep me safe at all costs. Okay. Doesn't matter if I'm freaking miserable. It doesn't matter if I have no self-worth. If as long as this ego is keeping me safe, it is doing its job. And if safe is at home in depression, mm-hmm. watching Hagen, eating Hagen Dazs and watching Lifetime TV, then that's what it's going to encourage me to do. And I got to tell you, that shit weren't working for me. <laughs> I can imagine. That's interesting. Immobilized is safer than mobilized. Yes, it is. Interesting. Yes, it is. Sometimes, depending Mm. on what your life experience is, right? Oh, I can't wait to hear where this goes. (laughs) Yes, that's the world out there that's dangerous. (laughs) But uh, on that note, we're getting down to our next commercial break. So I guess we're going to have to put this conversation on pause for just a minute. I don't think you're going to want to miss what's coming next for sure, because it's, it's really starting to get even more interesting. So uh, we'll find out when we come right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America in Influencers Channel. Change starts here. 
Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Welcome back from the break. We're We're back. (laughs) (laughs) You missed a lot, though, I've got to say. Some interesting (laughs) things, but... We're going forward from here. Well, that's all you can do, right? Just take it from where you're at. The next step is right in front of you. So the next step for me on this particular path with my ego was to redefine that job description because it was not working for me, this beat Renee up so that she will sit on the sofa. This was before my my spiritual name came to me. So she was beating up Renee. She doesn't get to beat up Sophia anymore. That's a good thing. (laughs) Um, But what we did was we redefined what she was responsible for. She is not responsible for keeping me safe. I can do that. Thank you very much. I can do that actually far better than she can do that in a lot of ways. So what we did was we put her in charge of Renee being happy and well-adjusted and Uh, grounded. Oh, I like those. And like any employee, it's not like, oh, and hey, presto, tomorrow it's better, right? Because you fall into old habits and, and reflexes and this kind of thing. But every time something like that happens, you sit down and say, Simone, hi, how's it going? How's this new job description working out for you? Mm-hmm. I, I noticed and I, I felt a little sting, you know, around there was this notice that came in the mail and, and something got missed and you came in my ear and were beating me up about it. Uh, that's no longer necessary, remember? Oh, yes. That does not make me feel good and it doesn't help us with the solution. Interesting. And so we would have these, what I want to say, coaching conversations. I like that. Coaching. Coaching conversations. Uh, And bit by bit, the voice has become more gentle and has started to come with things that make more sense, that are more supportive and more helpful to moving me forward. That's amazing. And I like how you're touching on it didn't happen instantly. No, it was a process, and it's definitely one of these places where you get back what you give. <laughs> it, like instantly get back what you give, because if you turn around and you go, God damn it, Simone, <laughs> <laughs> she'll go, happening? what the fuck do you want? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So. You, re- you um, re-described her job description. You worked on it together, and you came to an agreement. And slowly but surely, and probably still forever working on it in these spaces that keep things going forward. So 
how does one have that conversation with their ego and help find out what it is that needs to be different? Yeah. I found that the secret was the curiosity for me. Hmm. I'm, I'm just curious to know and understand. That's where I started from. I didn't come in with any kind of a plan. I came in with curiosity. Tell me what's going on with you. What has this been like for you? Just like it's a separate person, because it is sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the curiosity really opened the door for me to understanding how my ego is put together, why it's doing what it's doing, what purpose it's trying to serve. Um, And then eventually moving love and compassion into that was helpful. But the curiosity was a lot easier place to start. And then it did give me things that I could connect with and be compassionate about and bring love to. That's all amazing and good advice too. I think I like that a lot. I know I find that I have to ask my ego to check out or to not be with me when I drive. I have to let it uh, sit in the back seat, sometimes in child restraint. So (laughs) (laughs) so it doesn't want to affect that, um, that commute daily on the way in and way back. But I think that that's an interesting space, how you have to take that out of taking your ego out of certain situations. So how, how do you take your ego out of the driver's seat? It has taken a while to do that. It really has. You know, um, I think it's interesting as you live in Arizona as well, you see how most drivers here drive completely with their ego, right? And it's protecting all spaces around it and keeping everything safe in a way that's not safe for other people. I, I don't think this is restricted to Arizona, frankly. <laughs> I've lived a lot of places in the U.S. <laughs> so um, for me, now when I buckle in, that's when my ego goes into the, to the backseat, right? And I like how you put it in a bubble, right? Because you don't want to hear it either. And it does chime in from time to time and it still tries to work itself back in. And you have to recognize that it's your ego talking to you and not an actual thought process that you should be following. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to flip him the bird and <laughs> oh, yeah. put him off. And <laughs> or, or, or just protect that four feet in front of my bumper, you know, so that it, it's just amazing. So you take all of that out of the equation and all of a sudden you're having a really pleasant drive, right? You're yeah. not upset at the person who didn't let somebody in. Chain of reaction events that happened. We were up in Sedona and there's this traffic circle there. And I had already had my ego checked out and it was lovely. And everybody else had their ego checked in, I'm pretty sure. And they were all driving. And there's this tour bus that nobody wants in front of you. Nobody, right? And I see this poor tour bus and I watched 30 people go by that tour bus. And there's people on that bus. And I just slowed down and gave space for that tour bus because my ego wasn't driving (laughs) and this tour bus pulls in. And the crazy thing that happened was all the way for the next 20, 30 miles, that chain reaction shifted everybody's ego. And all of a sudden this tour bus lets somebody else in. And then this motorcycle gets in and this motorcycle lets somebody else in and it disengaged their egos, right? They were starting to look from kindness, right? So even shifting your ego can affect other people's egos. And isn't that a beautiful, beautiful thing? It is beautiful. But anyway. Be the change you want to see in the world. Exactly. It's interesting. Absolutely. Very interesting. 
And speaking of being the change, that kind of change that brings me back to the last thing that I learned on this journey, which is actually the fourth thing on my list, which is in trust. Yes. Uh, to put your trust in someone else, in something else. Um, I am fortunate. I'm blessed with a really wonderful partner in the form of my husband. Um, and I have put my trust in him for 20 plus years. Congratulations. He has, he has not betrayed that trust ever, which is a fabulous thing. Now, I know not everyone is blessed to have a life partner like that. Um, but you are not alone, even if you are not physically partnered, okay, because we are all held in the hand of the divine. And there is a plan that we put in place before we came here. And we weren't, we didn't create that plan, forget that plan, and then come down here just to bumble around blindly, although we do a lot of that. Uh, it's sort of like a moon launch in a lot of ways coming here into this dimension because you've got a whole crew back there. You've got a whole flight crew back there who've planned trajectories and who have planned moonwalks and other fun events, experiments, things we're going to do and experience down here. And we get communication on this plan all the time. But you have to get your emotions quiet enough to be able to hear it, which is why the EFT was really important, a really pivotal key for me, moving through the period that followed that announcement of I've lost my job. And we walked through this period of bankruptcy and were directed places that it's like, I have no idea how we're going to get there from here, but uh, my gut my guidance, my inner intuition says this is where I'm supposed to be going. Um, and there were two tools I used to clear out those emotions enough to hear it so that I could run at walls. I called this running at walls because it looks like there's a brick wall there, but there's an arrow of intuition going, go that way. And it's like, all right, go that way fast. All right. So I would just, I'd build up steam and I would run at that wall. But before I could hear that intuition, I had to get the emotional noise down. And so the EFT is great for that really intense, overwhelming anxiety crap, fear and all of that. The other thing that was really helpful to me was a thing called the emotion code. Because I told you about all those boxes earlier. Yes. Stuffed emotions. Yes. Um, you know, my time with the shrink didn't do much to unpack that. But EF, not the EFT, the emotion code. Oh, my God. Does that unpack shit? <laughs> <laughs> and so I... I didn't take a course. I couldn't afford to take a course. We were in bankruptcy. The trustee had all my money, but I could scrounge up enough to get myself the book, <laughs> a cheap used paperback version of the book, and learn that sucker. And it's really straightforward. It comes with charts in it and everything. And I diligently dedicated myself to pulling that shit out. And the more of that shit I pulled out, the easier it was to hear that quiet little intuitive prompting that you need to run at that wall right there. It looks like a wall. It's not a wall. There's an opening there. Run at it. 
And you have to trust your intuition when it talks to you. Yes. And it, it's a hard thing to do. Simple to say hard to do. Sure. Uh, but I found that my team would work with me on it. Okay. The first ask was not run at that wall. The first ask was trust that your husband's not going to melt down when you tell him we're bankrupt. Okay. And we had that conversation. Here, here's the deal. Here's what's left in the bank. Here's what we owe to all these people. Here's what comes due this month. I see no way to make the ends come together. It's time for us to talk to a bankruptcy attorney. As much as I hate it, it that time has come. And believe me, I, will go, I went to a lot of links to try to avoid that. Sure. Okay. At, at that time in my mind, I thought of it as committing bankruptcy, not declaring bankruptcy. <laughs> right. No, that's a hard distinction to make. Yeah. And so that was a tough shift for me. But then, you know, the next one was have a conversation with your father. Okay. I'll talk to this bankruptcy attorney. My intuition is this one's the one to talk to. And so it started with like smaller things. And then it worked up to bigger things like, you're going to move back from Indiana to that house in Arizona and you've got 500 bucks in your bank account. <laughs> that one was tough. That's a tough, <laughs> I hear that. Like, this, is, this is what you're going to go do, you know, just, just build up steam and go do it. And the money arrived to do it like the day before I had to pay the movers. That took a lot of trust. But your intuition will not steer you wrong if you listen to it. If I had not listened to it, it would not have worked out. Can't, no. You can't control it. You can't move it. You can't make it happen. You just listen to that gut feeling, that intuition, and move forward. Like you said, you've got today, move forward through. Move forward oh, through. I exactly. love that. Exactly. So that's kind of the the high level of the five things that I discovered that are pivotal to being able to have happiness in this moment right now. Uh, the other thing around emotions is I learned to manipulate myself. Okay. Because we can use music and things like that to change our state. Yes. And so when things got really scary, panicky, after I tapped myself into, you know, some kind of submission, <laughs> calmness, tapped calmness. myself into yes. calmness, I would put on music that uplifted me, that made me feel better. Not angry headbanger music, but because I'm happy, <laughs> right? Right. Yes. It's a powerful and piece. And I would, I had a half a dozen of these things. I'd put them on a loop and that was all I would hear until actually I was feeling more happy. Um, brain see. balancing is also important in spec, but we can't discuss that today. So we're going to have to have a different episode for that because you know, there's so much to, wow. This pull is, us off yeah. the air. <laughs> so send me an email if you want to learn more about how to do this because I'm going to put together a little uh, a little weekend seminar if you want more details on how to make this happen. Ask Sophia at transformationface.co and we'll get you on the notification list for that. Thank you, Robert, for being with me. You're so welcome, Sophia. Thank you for having me.
Yes. And until we see you next, until we talk next, live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 